0: on Local Now, Channel 525. Streaming now on Smart Speakers and the Odyssey app. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black in Your Money.
1: Know anything about me? One thing you might know from listening to me for 20 plus years is that one day a week I like to kick back, have a little bit of microphone fun, and talk a little bit off script. Try to give you a little bit more strategy, maybe a little bit more brain food, so to speak. Ask Siri what day it is, and Siri may have an answer, Siri may not. Is that not weird that we talk now to our gadgets? And we have names with them like Siri. If you were to ask Siri, name the most successful company in the world, it might respond Apple. There's no doubt about it. And it's not just part of the familial pride, so to speak. Apple consistently ranks highly in profit, in revenue, in market capitalization, in what I would refer to as cachet, consumer cachet, the CC. It was the first to reach $1 trillion in market cap, and it deserves a little bit of a gold star for that reason alone. The iPhone in its 13th year has been the company's golden goose that lays a ton of golden eggs, generating tens of billions in revenue and profit. Other Apple products and services include Mac computers and iPad tablets, um, which are kind of overlooked, but they're part of the ecosystem. They may not be the golden goose or the big strong gorilla, but they're pretty darn close. Apple's App Store, Apple Music, Apple Watch are all number one or number two at what they do in the world. Apple has entered entertainment with Apple TV Plus. Will they buy a studio or not? Like Amazon bought MGM with James Bond. Bond, James Bond, as the crown jewel. I personally think that Amazon overpaid for MGM compared to what other studios would have paid. But again, I think that's one of the reasons we don't know what we're doing with tech companies at this point in time, whether they be Microsoft, Apple, Amazon, Google, Facebook. They are controlling the policy. They are controlling the social mentality of society. And we can't stop them. Governments are finding them. And it's a joke. It's less than a day's profit for these companies. I own many, if not all of those names through different types of funds, like S&P 500 funds or outright individually. And I'm owning them because they're essentially monopolies. They're so big. They're titans, tech titans, if you will. I'm not knocking it. I'm joining it. If that is what rings true to you, I get it. If not, I get that as well. So Apple recently had a World Web Developers Conference, and I figured out they introduced a brand new product without introducing a brand new product. They added new features like a revamped notification systems, improved FaceTime, a new version of Safari web browser, smarter photo apps. That'll keep us glued to our phones, all of them. But on top of it, they added some features that is a product that they have not told us about yet, that I would imagine will come fall or spring of 2022. They updated FaceTime. The revamped FaceTime of iOS 15 sets up what could eventually be Zoom-like experiences on a headset. So we're talking augmented reality and or virtual reality, probably augmented reality first, but Apple has added a new grid view, improved audio, improved video, The ability to share someone else's display with share play. Why would they have that if it wasn't for a headset? They added spatial audio and FaceTime, which will more precisely position the location of sounds that you hear. If you have a headset on, you have something covering your ears or putting speakers near your ears, and your friend is in the virtual room with you or the augmented reality and he's off to your left, you need the better sound. They improved their maps They enable turn-by-turn augmented reality features while you're walking. Is this not a release of a new product that they didn't show us the dang new product? Or am I high? And I'm not high right now, so I got to be careful on what I say. You can't drink soda pop all day if you don't stop in the morning. Um... The ability to beam up mapping directions onto actual streets is the key feature there. An augmented reality enabled turn-by-turn walking directions. So be able to beam onto the ground like turn right here or it says 100 feet, 50 feet, 10 feet. Now I can't even imagine how much the augmented reality glasses are going to cost. I can't even imagine walking in San Francisco in the streets and not having someone rip them off your head and running. I don't like it. I know at one point in time, Apple had basically gotten patents so that while you're looking through your phone, you could see what's beyond your phone as well as what's on your phone. So that if someone was walking up to you, getting ready to punch you and steal your phone, you would see it. Or if a car were about to hit you, you would see it coming.
0: Danger, Will Robinson, danger.
1: Apple improved Siri and voice input. Siri and voice control could be a critical way for interacting with Apple headsets iOS 15 adds new technologies that makes it simpler. For example, voice search is now an input method for a Safari web browser, allowing people ultimately to find information online by just speaking. And again, it's the uh, minority report, Tom Cruise, talk to your headset. Show me all the criminals. Show me the location of the bad guy. So on-device processing is another thing that now is tied into siri so siri will now not when you go ask your phone hey siri what's the number one song in america siri's no longer going from your phone to the internet it's 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 on the phone it's in the watch when you talk to it so that's what the whole processing means and part of what apple's been doing with their own semiconductors is is tinkering with them to make what applications they want to be the ones that are supported and let's say for instance. If you're a big uh, visual artist and you need rendering, it's not focusing on rendering. It's focused on what the headset and augmented realities and certain devices can and can't do. Apple's new uh, new operating system is really, really, really good at seeing objects, recognizing them, looking them up online, so that if you look at a banana or, let's say, a pear, and it's a Bosch pear, Tick-tock goes Hieronymus Bosch. Hieronymus Bosch, one of my favorite painters of all time because he was hired by the Catholic Church to draw things that would scare people. So he would draw human suffering and pain and getting ready to die. And demons were taking their, their rings and, and and monsters were eating on their toes. And Hieronymus Bosch was a fantastic surrealist. Uh, I would say he was a fantastique, not a surrealist, a fantastique. So he he painted. Anyway, I'm, I'm digressing today to look up her response so if you were to look at with your augmented reality glasses a pair it can tell you what type it is and it may even be able to tell you if it's good or bad so there's object capture that's a new feature for developers that lets them create a, a uh, augmented reality objects by taking several pictures of them gaming updates potentially important for making games that are playable on a headset and the spatial audio, which again is a key feature of any augmented reality or virtual reality feature. If you're gonna, um, uh, if you're going to lightsaber fight Darth Vader, you need to hear that. And if he's behind you, you need to hear that. Like he's really behind you. So Apple announced augmented reality headset at WWDC. If they didn't announce it, I don't know what they did announce, but they didn't really announce it. You can find me online at RobloxShow.com. It's RobloxShow.com. Too late for a revolution,
0: a break for the final Portions of our programming are brought to you by our good friends at Provident Credit Union with 21 Bay Area locations to serve you and your banking needs. Now, back to Rob Black and your money with your host, Rob Black, on the Bay Area's business leader, AM 1220
1: KDOW. One of the more interesting Almost movie worthy, maybe Netflix movie, maybe not like Hollywood movie. Stories that happened was the FBI basically busting a big criminal ring. And I got to read up all the details on it yesterday. Criminals used a network of encrypted devices to share the dirty details of their smuggling and money laundering details. So ultimately, well, maybe it's like 24 with Jack Bauer. do, 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 do. Um, they would message each other about stuffing cocaine into pineapples or stuffing cocaine into cans of tuna. And authorities were getting it. They knew the information. They knew the incriminating information. They knew beforehand that they, if they didn't get the information, they couldn't possibly find all the drugs that were poured into the country. If encrypted devices were encrypting, um, the FBI didn't have the advantage. But it, it turns out The criminals were doomed. The FBI was in cahoots with the developer of the device called Anom, Anonymous for short. They announced a series of successful busts this week. 800 plus arrests under the codename operation Trojan Horse. Trojan Shield, excuse me. I see the word Trojan and I can think Trojan Man, I can think Trojan Horse, or I can think Trojan Shield. Trojan Shield is the right one. Eight tons of cocaine seized. 22 tons of marijuana. I don't know if that sounds like a lot, but I think it could last me a lifetime. 55 luxury vehicles, 250 firearms seized, 48 plus million dollars worth of various currencies and cryptocurrencies. The asterisk should be cryptocurrencies. The FBI recruited a former distributor of a different encrypted network that had just gotten busted. The engineer was working on a new service called ANOM. ANOM stripped mobile phones of their normal functions and disguised a secure messaging app to look like a calculator. Not that complicated. If someone gets arrested for speeding, the police seize their phone, and they are like, hey, this doesn't look like an Apple phone, but it looks like an Apple phone. It's not an Apple phone. I wonder what it does. So the person the FBI recruited in 2018 got a reduced sentence and was paid $120,000 for finishing the program. The engineer gave the FBI a master key to access and save anonymous messages. The FBI took down other encrypted communication services. More criminals started to use the anonymous direct messaging service the fbi also helped spread anom by distributing devices to 300 plus gangs across 100 countries through middlemen this i mean this does sound like a great theme of like 3 or 4 hours of 24 and or um maybe a clancy book i don't know i'm not a big tom clancy spy thriller so I leave a lot on the table when you want me to review books that direction. One Australian fugitive named Hakan Aik, a.k.a. the Facebook gangster, was given an anonymous device by undercover agents, and after recommending it to many associates, he became the top influencer, and probably not the top influencer that you want to be. So how do you feel about encrypting messages? How do you feel about phone privacy? Apple has done a very big push in last year to be the 21st century tech titan privacy company. Europol officials called it one of the largest and most sophisticated law enforcement operations to date in the fight against encrypted criminal activities. Still, Enom represented just a fraction of criminal communications. How do you feel? Is there something there about the 21st century spy and gang using tech devices Incredibly stupidly, they still have passwords. James Bond would be like, well, his name is Facebook Gangster. Let's check the password Gangster of Love. And that's the password, right? As sophisticated as we can get with encrypting, we're still using passwords. We are so screwed from the Justice Department side of it when we get more biometrics oriented to unlock things. Not quite there yet. Eh, we're not screwed. We'll figure out a way of making it work. But I I love that story. And again, how much did we seize? 22 tons of marijuana, 8 tons of cocaine, 55 luxury vehicles, 250 firearms, 48 million plus dollars of various currencies and cryptocurrencies. It is largely thought that the Bitcoin that got clawed back from the Russians who took it from Colonial Pipeline as ransomware, it is largely thought that we got it through a password and not through breaking cryptocurrencies. Although, here's your nightmare of the day. Digital currency enthusiasts. There's something called quantum computing. And the Bitcoin universe, the cryptocurrency universe, is trying to figure out how do we stop this from Cracking our codes. Computers getting computationally faster year over year. We know that. Artificial intelligence. How do we stop artificial intelligence from taking that next step forward and cracking cryptocurrency? Making it worthless. Huh. That would keep me up if I had a million dollars in cryptocurrency. Did a little bit of work with MIDAL. Who is Mydol? Mydol is the company that makes commercials about PMS, where they have a lot of women apologizing during the commercial, crying during their period, saying the words "sorry." Um, media has made the period, the menstrual cycle, the minces. The thing that gives the whole world life has turned it into a, you don't get sex during that time, and the woman has to apologize. So I was looking at some um, advertising agencies and marketing agencies and how they're trying to rebrand the products so that it's image positive versus uh, shaming women for being goddesses, for being able to deliver a human being through their body. <laughs> and might all obviously does a lot with cramping. And, and again, this is where I need to be shut up because I don't know a lot about PMS. And uh, that's not me. I'm not. That's all I'm going to say. We'll talk about that later in the show. We're going to be talking about Best Buy. Is it the Best Buy right now? What are they doing right? How will they look post-pandemic versus pandemic where they hit it out of the ballpark. It's a little PMS, a little Best Buy. What do you want to talk about? Drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. And I've got one of the greatest business models that flopped enormously that I want to share it with you. Don't forget, I have a YouTube channel called Rob Black Show. It's YouTube Rob Black Show. Click on a couple of videos, show it some sign of life, and I'll keep coming up with content for you. YouTube channel is Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Six two eight to
0: years to arrive, and if you follow the you about it, the office Portions of our programming are brought to you by our good friends at Provident Credit Union. With 21 Bay Area locations to serve you and your banking needs, visit Providencecu.org. Now back to Rob Black and your money with your host, Rob Black. On the Bay Area's business leader, AM1220 KDOW.
1: This is a song that always sounds like one of those HBO shows opening songs. I'm not quite sure if it is, but it sounds like it, right? Where you're like, yeah, it's not quite pop music. That's not going to pass. No, I want to talk about movie pass right now. MoviePass is an American subscription-based movie ticketing service that massively imploded. It was publicly traded through a, essentially a SPAC a holding company that really was never got into the business to be about a MoviePass. MoviePass was a subscription service that allowed you to buy up to three movie tickets per month for a monthly fee. If you've ever gone to the movies on a date, it's expensive. If you've ever gone with a spouse and kids, it's way more expensive. Some people love movies. It's an escapism for them. It's a, a day out. It's a big screen. It's buttered popcorn. I had a son recently go to a movie. And it was a movie he didn't really want to see. But he was going with friends. And he hadn't been to a movie theater with friends where he was giving money. Uh uh-huh. I made a mistake. I gave him 40 bucks for popcorn and candy, knowing I was going to get change back. And he got a lot of quarters and his friends played at the arcade the whole time after the movie ended. And I bought video games for all of his friends, which is okay, but awful. So MoviePass is a company that I don't want you to forget, because in 2012, it was super important. It was considered one of the 25 most disruptive apps. You were limited to two to three films per month, and 9.99 a month. a ticket is 10 bucks. So if you went to one movie a month or two movies, you were a winner. If you missed a month, they won, in theory, but you could make it up the following month. And guess what? People got it knowing that they could see two to three movies at one point in time it was meant to be unlimited. And it was a massive flop. Wait, the story's going to get better. Business Insider, which is a fairly influential tech magazine, Um, they've expanded into markets and lifestyle. Think of it as a digital people magazine only that really has grown quite nicely. Founded by Henry Blodgett, I believe he probably wasn't the only founder, but I know he was one of the founders. Blodgett got into a lot of trouble in the 90s for pumping tech stocks. It looked like he was pumping tech stocks, and maybe he was pumping tech stocks, but he got into a lot of trouble, and maybe he wasn't pumping tech stocks. He was just being an analyst saying, I think Amazon's going to double and triple from here. And then the SEC says, you can't say that, but then Amazon would double and triple from there. So he was incredibly brilliant in my mind, incredibly useful. Anyway, he started Business Insider, and I need to be cautious because I just totally went off uh, track on MoviePass. MoviePass Pass. Announced at Sundance Film Festival, but also acquired distributed films under its subsidiary movie Pass ventures. So there was like this business model that was interesting, but chains like AMC theaters were like, ah, uh-uh, ah, not sustainable. We make, you thought AMC would love it because AMC doesn't make money from showing the movies. They make money from selling the popcorn, but there was some problems on how many tickets can you get? How can they be held and or not? There was a company called Helios and Matheson. They took a majority stake in MoviePass in 2017. They sold the analytics, which is it. it's going to be the thing that MoviePass leaves around. Analytics. They do know how many movies people wanted to see. There was a lot of data bored out of that. They do know what a subscription service would look like and how it would fail and or work. But with MoviePass, you pay $10 a month. You got to see any movies you wanted in theaters. They had no particular deals with movie theaters. Maybe the next level, next time it comes out, it will. MoviePass went out and bought whatever tickets you wanted at retail prices, which you could see was the big problem. Retail price of movies movie is 10 bucks, and you're doing a service of about nine ninety five. It doesn't add up. MoviePass supposedly collected data, and data is valuable, valuable, valuable. How valuable? It's tough to say. MoviePass shut down in 2019. Its parents' company filed for bankruptcy. Not all business models were meant to be. But before we got Instacart, we had Webvan. Webvan would actually go shopping for you. Not for you at Safeway, they had the groceries themselves. And they bring them to your house, and that was miraculous. That was ten years before Instacart. We weren't ready for it. Movie Pass became legendary. Because reporters would write articles like the entire economy is movie pass now. Where we started getting these subscription models and Wall Street fell in love with them. And like, what else can we do? What else can we do? Um, getting you to recurring you, something. And I'll be honest with you. I've got more subscriptions in my life right now than I've ever had by a lot. Maybe it was the pandemic, but I do need to go back and say, okay, do I need HBO Max? Do I need Instacart? Do I need it? post-pandemic? But man it's tough. When Instacart sent me that it's been a year do you want to sign back up again email. I was like, "Sure. Eh, it's not that much. I'd
0: buy that for a dollar."
1: Unlike most of the movie pass economy, MoviePass was not actually venture funded. That's the problem. When they lost money, it was real money. It wasn't they were raising piles and piles of money. It wasn't Series A, it wasn't you know a tack on it was real money. It was a business model constrained by economic reality. Not economic futility. That's what they executed. But the economic reality that didn't have a piggy bank that they can ring and say, we'll make this profitable in three years. We'll raise the prices or we'll only do one million subscribers. They didn't do, they had no cost control. MoviePass could ignore a lot of it as long as they were collecting money. But I at the end of the month, when they added everything up, they were losing a lot of it. And they were never able to tell consumers, no, no, tell investors how they were going to pivot to profitability. When I describe it like that, that they didn't have venture capital money, that they didn't have you know, uh, access to piles and piles of cash, that they bought a ticket at retail price and gave it to you for your subscription price, that, which was the same. It sounds bad, but the reality is much, 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 much worse. MoviePass ignored that customers were changing passwords so they couldn't log into their accounts. Uh, MoviePass began limiting subscriber access ahead of the April release of the big movie Avenger Infinity War. So MoviePass would change your password so that you couldn't log in when it was time for you to go to Avengers Infinity War. They were like, oh, we're throttling down our web speed. We can't, oh, not everyone's able to log on. So when they were hemorrhaging money, they were like, we got to do anything we can. Instead of shutting down the service or telling you, like, you've we've hit peak subscribers, they were screwed. And by changing passwords on individuals and by limiting access ahead of the big movie Avengers Infinity War, the FTC got caught wind of this the federal trade commission not like the fbi not like the cia it doesn't exactly scare you when the ftc looks at you but when they look at a company they do not like it when a company ultimately blocks subscribers from using the service as advertised and it turns out that they got hacked so they failed to secure your your personal data MoviePass got the book thrown at them by the FTC for bad practices. The executives went to great lengths to deny consumers access to the service, so says the acting director of the Bureau of Consumer Protection. MoviePass's operators invalidated subscriber passwords while falsely claiming that they had detected suspicious activity or potential fraud. The complaint is madness to look at, and it would drive you insane if you were like, yeah, I, I went to see that, that crazy clown movie, It, and I wasn't able to get in. So when you change 75,000 subscribers' passwords, who are the most frequent users of the service, and you leave the people who aren't using the service unchanged, you are truly evil. Movie Pass was one of those products that came into your life. I bet you know someone who had it. I talked about it on this show, like, this is a great deal. You should do it. And I know friends who did it, and they loved it. And they were a little bit pissed when they went to cancel that they weren't quite able to cancel easily either. Now, ultimately, as the FTC threw the book at MoviePass and their executives and their PR, the company exited the world of living companies and they didn't have to pay a fine so did we learn our lessons did we punish not really but the movie pass economy started ultimately the uber where uber can now charge almost the full cost their services and they know that they have to we looked at how much company, how much money companies like Uber were losing. Uber lost only 108 million dollars in the first quarter of 2021. But Uber knows from MoviePass that the money has to be flush, and you have to have a path to profitability. It's fascinating that MoviePass did this all without venture capital, without a, um, uh, how shall we say, a business plan that led to profitability in any way, shape, or form. Business plans are fun to study. It's what I do for a living. Um, Thanks for listening to me. I'm Rob Black. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Don't forget, I have a new YouTube channel. It's updated. I need hits on it. Check it out at robblackshow.com. Rob Black Show on YouTube. He says,
0: I'm a jealous man. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM
1: 1220 KDOW. So that was a really long piece on Movie Path. I hope you got something out of it. And I hope you went back to the 1990s and companies like AOL and Webvan and Pets.com. Pets.com being a famous one where they had the talking sock animal, which I had said talking sock given to me as a Christmas gift gag. And I kept it in the original box. And I'm sure it's worth something, sadly. It's in one of those office props of mine. I've got a couple office props. One of them would be a a shot of whiskey. I don't like hardcore whiskey. Uh, I don't like shots of whiskey. I don't need shots of whiskey, but I have a, a little sign under it that says open in case of emergency. And to me, that's always like there's never an emergency to open it. It reminds me of the good things in the world. Hopefully, you have some of this, too, in your world. So I wanted to talk a little bit about All, because I'll be honest with you, as a Caucasian male born into a family that where it was expected for us to go to college, I used to think that was a blessing. And I didn't get the messaging to say that out loud was kind of rude to people who weren't in that case scenario. And Black Lives Matter and the Me Too movement and the various other social uprisings that we've seen in the past 10 years it's got me thinking like messaging is really important. Um, I can come up with hundreds of examples and you can too of things that you kind of wish you would have said it slightly differently. For instance, when I got into TV, um, my general manager, this was 20 years ago, my general manager, I go into his office. And he goes, you need to shave the goatee. I go, why do I need to shave the goatee? And he goes, um, because the viewer may think you're the devil. I'm like, what are you talking about? Are you crazy? Like you're, people don't really think the devil walks the streets of San Francisco. Do you, is that what you are saying? And I couldn't really say that without getting fired. So I just sat there and I listened to it. And for 45 minutes, he brought in two other people to convince me that I needed to shave the goatee. And at the end of the meeting, I go, I'm pretty sure my audience realizes I'm not the devil. I'm just a smart stock guy. I'm pretty sure of that. And just for the record, I make more money than you, you, and you put together. So I think your opinions are a little on the stupid side because if I'm going to be talking about making money and investing money and being a market guy, you kind of want to have a track record. And the whole point, all that they heard was, I make more money than you, you, and you. Out of that conversation, they didn't hate me, they didn't fire me. They never paid me another dime more than ever that I was making. They're like, he doesn't need the money. I'm like, oh, messaging. I still have the goatee. And he got fired and was sent off to Alabama, um, a city that I know well, Mobile, because one of my parents was born there. And you're talking about back in the day, they didn't have horse carts and buggies, but pretty darn close. It's Jed. It's my brother, other brother, Jed. It's my daddy, Jed. It's my dog named Jed. I got to be careful because I'm pissing off Southerners and I'm talking about messaging. Let's talk about the messaging I want to talk about versus getting Rob fired. Mydol, an over the counter painkiller marketed to those experiencing menstrual side effects, the mensees. They rolled out a new ad campaign based on something women often wish they did less of apologizing. And if there's one thing a woman should never, ever apologize for, is the gift of giving life to the planet. My Doll's latest ad features four people who menstruate telling stories about times they've apologized for having their periods. And it's fantastic because we are that barbaric of a nation that we shame people. We really are. A mother tells viewers she apologized for eating too much. During, while PMSing. A poet admits that they say sorry for crying easily during their period. An artist recalls instances where she's apologized for saying no to having marital affairs with her husband, marital relations, I guess. So Bayer, who owns Mydol, kind of figured out that their product. Sixty-two percent of people with periods under the age of forty in the United States have apologized for their cycles, while roughly seventy percent of Generation Z respondents said the same. This is insanity. Like this is the definition of something that should be celebrated is insanity. The video was created in collaboration with 12 note, an ad agency that I am pretty familiar with. They're part of the Lippy Taylor group. They're going to air Midals social media platforms. They're not really going television. And that says something to me right there. Like television, you have to be more up class or ski- classy. And that bothers me a bit. So even though they're getting the right messaging, it bothers me a bit. So they're going social media as a way of, but again, they're going for the younger people. They're they're trying to get the younger people, the Generation Z and the millennials to use their product. Um, They're using posting as acceptable on YouTube, Amazon, on their own website. So not only can you see an ad that talked about that time yet of a, Big bowl of pasta while you're PMS. I don't know if pasta is what women eat while they're PMSing. I don't know. So I got to care. But other ladies will will jump in, and other ladies will step up and say, "You're right." What's interesting about period product advertising? It's come a long way since women were wearing white tennis gear, pointing at a box of tampex and smiling. Eh, guess what? So now it's a lot more common for people t- to embrace, and I think it's really kind of healthy. Kotex is doing some new campaigns, shying away from uncomfortable period symptoms, and almost honoring them. One of the spokespeople, and I I think this is interesting, Amy Schumer. She's shown as a celebrity who's trying to normalize conversations. So I bring it up in large part because of free speech, of what you're willing to say and not willing to say, of what you really shouldn't say, of what's culturally insensitive and not. I don't have all the answers, but I, I think some great companies are really getting up to speed. And I, I, I tip my hat. June, when I'm back on top, back on top in June,
0: I said that's life.